With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. What the heck? Is this election going to be delayed? Now, I'm not giving a political opinion, but I break it down. What does it mean if an election is delayed? What is the reality? What is the law? What does the Constitution say? It's not as bad as anyone thinks. Trust me when I say January 20th, there will be somebody. We don't know who, but there will be somebody inaugurated into office no matter what happens with the election. I also give in this podcast, in this episode, another million dollar idea. I talk about the difference between 3D thinking, one dimensional thinking, two dimensional thinking, and four dimensional thinking. Talk about what drugs I would probably take if I got coronavirus. Robin and I both talk about how we would survive if we teleport to 900 AD. I probably wouldn't survive because right when they're trying to kill me, it's not like I could defend myself with a tweet. Talk about puzzles, resources for entrepreneurship, and just stuff. So if you like this episode, give me a text at 203-590-8607. So that's 203-590-8607. You can ask me questions, suggest topics, give me feedback. I want to communicate with the audience and I hope you enjoy the show. Here it is. Well, everything is different, right? Like you can't even say, you can't even ask the question, when are things going to go back to last year? Do you know what I was doing today, a year ago? I think um, Gary Kasparov, the former world chess champion and our good friend, was on the podcast. I invited a bunch of my friends to come to the podcast, like Jim Norton, the comedian, uh, the Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan, Maria Konnikova, the poker player, and we were all hanging out. It was such a great time. Like, like you know, we were there, all my favorite people. And then after the podcast, the Jizza and I, you know, again, this is like a gangster rapper from the 90s. We just, but now we're all old men. Like I, we knew each other in the nineties, but now we're all old men. And we're just sitting there playing chess after Gary left, like me and the Jizza. That was like maybe the best moment ever. Other than the first moment I told you I liked you and I was <laughs> nervous about your response. So, uh, but things are never going back to that. I am never going to be in a room again with Gary, the Jizza, Jim Doran, Maria, and all my other favorite people in the, on the planet. Like, I just don't think we're gonna go back to a new normal. And I've said it before, I'm calling this the great reset because it is possible, no matter what your age, to reset your life. You can't say, or you could if you want, but you can't give excuses like, I'm too old for this, or I have responsibilities, or easy for someone to say if they have money, or easy for someone to say if they don't have kids. We have five kids all through our lives when we were raising kids. You with your kids, me with my kids. We were changing, you lived all over the world. I've changed careers, industries. I was just reading Raymond Chandler. Have you ever watched the Raymond Chandler movie or or read a book by Raymond Chandler? I think he wrote, um, I don't even know, The Big Sleep or, maybe the Maltese Falcon, some of these you know, like Detective Noir movies. 
He wrote his first novel at the age of 52. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so there is hope for you this, to, yes. to like write There's hope for me to be a good person. To write eventually. What, 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 there's hope for me, yes. Uh, I'm 52, write. maybe this will be the year I write, um, no, I won't write The Big Sleep because Raymond Chandler already did it, I'll write the um, nervous anxiety ridden, <laughs> the wake up five times a night to go pee sleep. <laughs> A new noir detective novel. I don't even look like, like some people have that look where they look like they're maybe a detective in their spare time. I would be a great detective because I don't look like a detective. I look like someone who thinks he knows things but actually knows nothing, <laughs> which is pretty close to the truth. So like, again, I always ask this question, but I, you, it's almost like in this time, you have to start asking it. Like if you were to be sent back in time a thousand years, like I wouldn't, I would be killed instantly. Like, I, I don't know how to make a fire. I don't know how to, I don't know what plants are edible. I don't know how to build a hut or a house. I don't know how to hunt. I don't know how to make a telephone. Like I can't land in 900 AD and say, don't worry everybody, I'm about to make a telephone and life's <laughs> gonna change. Like we're gonna make the internet. Like I won't, you, you can't go back to 900 AD and tweet and have like everybody like you <laughs> like or hate you but it just doesn't happen like it's not they're about to kill me because I can't because I'm useless and I, let me just tweet and you'll see what I can do the power of tweeting and they're like you're a bird <laughs> I'm like no I'm gonna tweet like people don't even know anymore I once sent actually so Dick Costello used to be the CEO of Twitter and I once sent him a gift. There was a book, an, a book made by bird watchers about different kinds of ways birds tweet. Mm -hmm. And the book, I believe, was called Tweeting. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him this book as a gift and I was all proud of myself, but I never heard from him. Eventually, I ran into him and I said, you ever get that book? And he's like, oh yeah, I got that book, but they took, removed the packaging. I don't know who sent it. So whenever you're sending a gift, put a note in the book. Don't just have it on the envelope because yes. the secretary will mess up or yeah. whatever. Right. So lesson number one for today. Uh, well, let me ask you something. What would you do if you lived a thousand years ago to figure out what to eat? What would I do if I, I would die? I literally no, cannot but, eat but, anything. I mean, just think, what would you do? This is one thing. Okay, one do. thing. Okay, well, let's just take a look at what I eat today. Like well, no, not if you knew anything about the, the food today. Just like okay, I would go and, and find like an apple on an apple tree or <laughs> a peach on a peach tree. Do peaches come from trees? Okay. I see, I don't even, would I eat grass? Like, I don't even know. Like, what's on the, what grows out of the ground that you so, can eat? So a good idea, and it's not the only idea, but for the most part it works, is just to see what the animals eat. See what the animals eat? Yeah, oh, yeah. animals. But how do you do even do that? Like, so a squirrel eats like an acorn, right? Yeah, well, they eat an acorn, but they also like, it's like they eat things that aren't going to be poisonous, basically, to us, too. So well, if a cat if, if you eats can... a rat, though, like, I'm not, what, yeah. what am I, and what animals but am I gonna you, find? people eat rats, though. Okay, but what, okay, horses? I'm just saying to survive, that's all. Ugh. Horses eat hay, they um, eat grass. I'm just, gonna figure, I, I don't even know, how would you kill yourself in 900 AD? Like, am I gonna jump off a cliff? Or am I gonna be run over by a horse? Like, how would you even, people didn't commit suicide back then. There's okay. no way to kill yourself. <laughs> See, they were too busy surviving. Oh, God, I'm really stressed out. Now, they didn't have time to think one, about it, they like, were gonna live or die. Like, I'm pretty sure 2020, we're gonna get to the questions in a second and a business idea or two. I just thought it was funny. Like, no, but well, okay. So you would, but what animals would you look at? To, to, All animals. But what, what? Which one in particular? Whatever I can find. But you're not. You can't find animals just out in the but wild. You're just gonna have to. Yeah, you do. You just have to be lion. very sit. I'm not gonna quiet. chase a lion. No, no, what are you eating, no, Mr. No. Lion? Come right over here and I'll show you. Don't worry. <laughs> you're safe with me. That lion, I know what that lion eats. You know, you know what I would eat for the first three days? I would drink and eat my own shit and piss. Cause that's roughly, yeah. that's roughly 
said lovely for some reason. I like <laughs> combination between lovely and roughly. It's like some kind of porn movie. You, the, I, I would roughly there's some nutrients in your own shit that you didn't digest yeah, properly and in your own urine, and then you would die after five pieces. <laughs> you can't do it five times, so it's poison. Right. I read that. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know that. By the way, Rodney Dangerfield became a comedian, age 46, was his first appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. Thanos didn't take over the universe until he was hundreds of years old. Voldemort was 65 years old before he started chasing Harry Potter. It's a lot of things you can do in your old age. Don't forget it. I'm 52, so just a lot of people think you can't start a career at the age of 52, like I'm too old. But we've seen it, I've seen it. You can yeah. start a new career and... But you have uh, all the knowledge, you have all the experience. You can and, take all that and use it. Yeah, and also, uh, well, we'll get into it. But I'm gonna answer a question or two first. Somebody asked a great question. Google just announced that they're offering these three different types of IT certificates. If you don't go to college, you could take kind of like this data certificate, security certificate, IT, blah, blah, blah certificate, and you, can, and you can take these courses at Coursera, mm -hmm. Coursera.com, which by the way, just raised money, they're worth two and a half billion dollars. That's how, that's how important online learning is now. So Google did a deal with Coursera. They're offering three certificate programs, and if you have a Google certificate, that's a legit certificate. You could get a job with that. You could get a job at Google or get a job at another company. Someone asks, is that the, the real deal? Not only is it the real deal, but it is the fu future of education. Uh, every company, and I've talked about this with Scott Galloway, but every company is gonna start creating educational programs. And I always ask my kids, why do you even wanna go to college? And I would list all the reasons why it was bad to go to college. And, they, and I've said this before, Josie would just turn around and walk away from me mid-sentence. I would be talking, and I'd be like, don't, Walk away. Have your kids ever walked, turned around, and walked away from you? Ever? I've seen them. Um... When? All right, maybe not. Maybe not. But Josie not turned. When we were having a conversation. They might have walked away. Probably because you're not as annoying as I was. I was like, you, no, you get I, right I back here. Well, <laughs> you're a better parent than me. That's all I can say. I'm the worst parent. Don't no. ever go to me for parental advice. Go to her. You're a dad. But I'm always right. That. I did make them repeat. I did make them repeat over and over again. Daddy is always right. <laughs> because I was always right. Don't know if that's good parenting advice or not. But while I was talking to her about college, she did say, oh, but you can't get a job without college. This was like five years ago, six years ago. But now it's pretty clear that the whole institution of college is changing and Google is just the start. There's gonna be more and more of these certificate style programs you know, Amazon offers mm -hmm. courses within Amazon about dealing with storage and AWS and stuff. Uh, I do think, again, to get a job, we're not talking about to getting a good education in the old definition of that, but just to get a job, there's two types of skills in the Great Reset. There's hard skills, soft skills. Hard skills range from programming, cybersecurity, AI, IT, all the way down to building a website using WordPress, building a store using Shopify, managing social media accounts like Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Like I have a friend, he has a very good business. He basically helps TikTok users with 10 million or more followers. He helps them how to make money. He helps them make money. So if you're a teenager with 10 million followers, you don't know what to do to make money and your parents they're clueless, they don't know what to do. So he reaches out to them, he meets with the parents, and he says, look, I can help your kids make money. And then he reaches out to people who are trying to build their TikTok accounts or brands, and he says, listen, for a $10,000 budget or a $20,000 budget, these TikTok influencers will shout out your brand. And then he takes, he, he'll charge everybody, he'll charge the brands, he'll charge the influencers, he'll overcharge for the, appropriately, he'll overcharge for the shout out uh, ad budget, and he makes money on all three sides, and he makes a great living that way. You could do that with any social media type of thing, yeah. platform. You know, a lot of people say, well, how do I get more TikTok? 
uh, followers. You go to this guy and he will say, look, these five followers want to shout you out. You have to do these types of TikToks so they could like do a duet with you or whatever. And then they'll shout you out and you'll get 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 followers. That he does a good job. I know one person who doesn't do such a good job. This guy contacts me and I don't know why. I tell him I'm not interested. But this guy contacts me and he'll say something like, you know, Beyonce is going to shout out 15 Instagram accounts. $8,700 and you could be one of the accounts. Guarantee 30,000 new followers. And I'm like, no, because Beyonce will shout you out and you'll get all these new followers, but your engagement will go down. The only thing that's important is engagement, not followers. If people are actually talking to you and they're following your account because they believe in what you're saying and what your message is, whatever that is, that's worth it. Just adding new followers, that's like, that's like social media bullshit. Like, don't fall for that. Uh, but, so anyway, I just described there's a good way to do something and there's a bad way to do something. Make sure everything you do, it's no good if some TikTok person just shouts you out. You want to know, is this person really believe in the message I'm trying to say? Like, for instance, I do a TikTok and it's never too late to start changing careers. And some TikTok person, so this person should get some TikTok influencer to read that, like it, say, I approve of that message, and then shout me out. That's legit. So, uh, college though, here's the other thing about college. Like, I, I can't wait for all these companies to create more and more certificate programs. Like, we met someone a couple months ago who had, he, he, he had $100,000 in student loan debt and he was only, he was already, he was just going into his junior year. He wasn't even done with college. He already had $100,000 in student loan debt. And we said to him, what are you majoring in that is causing $100,000 in student loan debt? You're not even in your junior year yet. And he was like, I'm majoring in business. And I said, well, first off, I think you need to switch majors because business 101, don't get $100,000 in debt before you even start your first business. So everything is just, that's why I say we're not going back to the new normal. The new normal, everything was upside down because we've been programmed by the government and these 30 or 40 year old marketing campaigns like, oh, buying a house is the American dream. Oh, you, you can't get a job if you don't go to college. Oh, uh, you know, this drug is no good if it hasn't been approved by the FDA, blah, blah, blah. All of these things are just not true. And the great reset is not gonna, things aren't gonna go crazy. Things are gonna start turning back to what really should be normal. So that's why as long as the world doesn't collapse in the meantime, which is also possible, I'm optimistic about the great reset. Oh, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, I don't think we've talked about, Elections. Donald Trump, as you know, uh, what did he say? He, he hinted that he might delay the elections. Why? Well, I, I, don't, I think he just said that. I don't think he really means that. Uh, just because of the, you know, being safe for to go out and vote. I mean, he's saying that it's not safe, or he doesn't think it'd be uh, fair to do the mail out, you know, uh, voting. So, okay, so Donald Trump said, and I think he is serious about it. He said, well, he, there's a lesson within this. He is and he isn't serious. I'll get to that in a second. Donald Trump said he might delay the elections because he doesn't think that an election with too much mailing in, uh, we could protect it from fraud. And whether or not you believe that or not, and, and everybody got scared. All the media says, oh my gosh, dictator Trump is going to cancel elections or whatever. Maybe so, but let me tell you what the constitution says. The 20th, it's the 12th amendment of the constitution and the 20th amendment of the constitution. By the way, it's not such a bad idea to once a year reread the constitution. And I'm saying that to me, yeah, I'm saying true. that to you, I'm saying that to the president of the United States, I'm saying that to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rereads the Constitution. They're the only ones. The 12th and the 20th Amendment. Here's what will happen if Donald Trump delays elections. And I want you to not worry about this anymore. 
if Donald Trump delays elections, and by the way, I'm not, this is not a political statement, I'm just telling you what the Constitution says. If, if any president delays elections, no matter what, no matter what, January 20th of the following year, there is a, he is, that person who was the president is no longer the president. The presidency ends on January 20th, the, 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 uh, three months, three and a half months after an election. It's in the constitution, it's in the law, the executive branch is empowered to enforce that. There is no way for the executive branch to not kick out the president on January 20th. It is not possible at all. So what happens on January 20th if, if, if there hasn't been an election? That means there's no president elected, that means there's no vice president elected. And the 20th amendment specifically addresses this. If there's no president elect and there's no vice president elect, the House of Representatives can vote for whoever they want and that person will be president of the United States. The new house goes into office, I believe January 3rd, that's also in the constitution. The House of Representatives could vote for whoever they want. So they could vote for Kanye West, they could vote for Robin, they could vote for Nancy Pelosi, they could vote for Joe Biden, uh, they could vote for Kamala Harris, they can vote for Mike Pence or, or they can vote for Trump again. They can vote for whoever they want, but that is the law. Nobody will go against that law. It's impossible. I mean, anything's possible if the army becomes some sort of dictatorial army, but that doesn't really seem likely that that has not even been thought of. And so the president, the old president has no authority on January 20th. The new president gets inaugurated then and that's it. That's the law. Do not think, and by the way, Donald Trump knows that law and the Democrats know that law. I'm not so sure the media knows that law, but they're certainly playing it up as if they don't know that law. So Donald Trump knows that law, presumably. And so when he says he's gonna delay the elections, he doesn't really mean it. In this world, you have to, you can't think one dimensionally. Like if, if the New York Times says, well, remdesivir is no good anymore. And Fauci says remdesivir, we thought it was good, but it's no good. Maybe yes, maybe no. Don't, you have to be skeptical of everything right now because everybody's got an agenda. One dimensional thinking is, I believe in what this person says. So then you're just a sheep and you're just following along. When Kanye West says, I'm running for president, all the sheep thought, he was running for president. That's one dimensional thinking. Three dimensional thinking says, well, what is he, words are words, but what is he really saying? And words are the tip of the iceberg of meaning. What is he really saying? And, and he, he called, we talked about this yesterday, he called the party the birthday party, okay? He, anybody who has a political party called the birthday party actually is pretty good name for a party. It's a fantastic name for Especially a party. Especially during this time, in this age right now, it's like a new beginning, it's like a reset. Yeah. It's like you're having your birth and it's the birthday party. I would register to vote for the birthday party <laughs> if it wasn't the fact that it's just an incredible joke by Kanye West. He is not serious. Who, the birth, of course, if you have a, if you never heard of these words before and I said to you, um, Robin, what party would you like to join? And you say, oh, give me three choices. And I say, um, here's one called Republican. Here's another one called Democrat. Oh, and here's one called the birthday party. <laughs> of course you're gonna join the birthday party. You get a cake, you get gifts, you get, your grandma kisses you instead of dying from coronavirus. It's like, of course. So he's just making, and then it's no, and then he has an album drop a week later, aha. The good reason and the real reason. The good reason was he was sick of all the political parties. The real reason he has an album dropping a week later. He hasn't talked about it since the album came out. Bad press is better than no press. Yeah, and so you always, that, that's the reason why, I think that's the reason why Trump is saying I'm delaying the elections. Now when you open up the newspaper, all you see, Trump election, Trump election. When election comes up, Trump election. It's, it's, he's programming the media to say his name over and over again in conjunction with election. Now, is that a strategy? I don't know. But three-dimensional thinking is always acknowledging the good reason. Everybody gives a good reason. Oh, maybe there's too much fraud. Okay, maybe there's too much fraud. I don't know. 
Um, but then always ask, three-dimensional is what's the real reason? By the way, what's two-dimensional thinking? I have no, no idea. I just skipped from one-dimensional to three-dimensional. <laughs> and four-dimensional thinking is thinking long-term instead of short-term. Four-dimensional thinking is saying, I don't really care who's president. I want to take care of my own health, my family's health, my community's health. That is the best way to make change, positive change in the world around me. That, so fourth dimensional thinking is someone says to you, did you hear this, this dictator is gonna delay elections? And fourth dimensional thinking is like, I didn't even really hear what you just said because I'm focused on helping, helping my family right now and helping the community. You guys argue it all out on Twitter. I'm sure, you, I'm sure the intelligent PhDs in political science on Twitter, all 50 billion of them will figure this out after a billion or so Twitter arguments. So maybe one dimensional is just listening to one leader. Two dimensional is listening to maybe a group of people like a party and third dimensional is- Oh yeah, I like that. So one dimensional is you listen to one person say, this is true and then you get all agitated or, or whatever. Two-dimensional is probably having too strict of a philosophy and always, like I remember this, when I was in computer science graduate school, all my friends were either super libertarians or super liberals. Why is that? Why wasn't anybody kind of in a gray area? I always thought of myself as in a gray area. Well, it's very simple. In a computer program, every computer program, every computer command, has only two outputs, one or zero. And so a computer scientist thinks in terms of, oh, if I ask a question, there's only a one or a zero answer. So if you're a libertarian, no matter what you ask me, should, should heroin be legal? Yes, everything should be legal. Should, um, uh, should there be taxes? No, the government shouldn't be involved in anything. Should the government um, uh, help older people who are sick. No, uh, government shouldn't help anything. So with libertarians, it's a one or a zero. With um, liberals, extreme liberals, not liberals in general, but extreme liberals, there's always a one or a zero. Um, sh sh should, uh, uh, I don't know what's a liberal one. Should we, you know, cause it's gotten like a little blurred, I feel in the past few years. Back in like 1992, it wasn't as blurred. Um, should we raise taxes to help the poor? Yes. So liberal, liberal in America is always a little bit more, considered a little bit more socialist. So it's always a one or a zero in terms of redistributing income. By the way, just gonna answer one question I got the other day. It's not an actionable one, but it's good for cocktail parties. Somebody asked, what is Marxism? And Marxism, I just want to, if you don't mind, just bear with me a minute. I know it could be a boring topic. Have you ever wondered like, so, so what is Marxism? And it's different from socialism. It's different from capitalism. I just want to set the record straight so you know, so everybody knows. It, you can't ask what is Marxism. You have to ask what Marxism isn't. So Marxism is the opposite of any society where there is a pursuit of profits. So if I'm a businessman and I have workers and it costs me $10 of worker salaries in order to make a product, then if I charge $12 instead of 10, I've got $2 in profit. That's the opposite of Marxism. Because a Marxist point is, is that anytime there's profit and I'm the boss and you're labor, there's distance, the profit is the distance between my class, my wealth class, and labor. And anytime there's a difference between two classes, there's always gonna be a struggle. This group will always fight this group and vice versa. So profits is the opposite of Marxism. Profits is this distance between the cost of labor and what the wealthy class makes. And whenever there's profits, there's, there's class struggle, and it always ends, according to Karl Marx, it will always end in revolution and reform. And so, so that doesn't say what Marxism is, it just says what Marxism isn't. Now, by the way, in, in Marxism, competition is also bad. 
because let's say you and I make pencils mm -hmm. and we're making it. Pencils are like a commodity. So, so we have to compete. Like it's, you can't make a better pencil than me. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is we have to cut costs on our, our labor as much as possible to get profits because profits get minimized in, with competition. Competition is evil for Marxism. It's also evil for capitalism, according to a libertarian like Peter Thiel. So it's interesting, two opposite ends mm -hmm. agree. But if we're exploiting labor in any way to squeeze out more and more profits, that's bad for Marxism. So competition is also, we're, we're overusing the same resources. We should just merge and use and not have to hurt the labor. So, so that's why competition is bad. So, how, so Marxism ends competition and ends profit. So the only solution then is one central entity, the government, that decides everything. And so then you have to ask, is that good or bad? I don't know the answer, but I'll tell you where you can look. Look at the US post office. Would you rather send an, a letter through the post office or through Federal Express? Would you? I don't know. Will that put me somewhere? I don't know. Am I going to say the wrong thing? No, just where, what would you like to do? Well, if you, if you have a letter to send, who, why are you writing a handwritten letter to some guy anyway? But other right. than that. No, I think FedEx, I think it's more efficient. Yeah, of course. So post office just gets lost in, in it's expression. It got lost, the checks in the mail. Oh, it got lost in the mail. And if you ever go to the post office to try to get a passport, that's just mm -hmm. a mess. Yeah. We, we had to hire somebody to help us go to the post office to get a passport for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have to uh, hire people. So anyway, did you mind? That was my basic description yeah. of Marxism. Socialism, by the way, is not Marxism. Socialism exists in a capitalist environment, but it tries to take the profits and redistribute them in a different way, in a, in a way that is more what they would call equal, whether it is or not is up to that government. But so socialism exists, is different from Marxism. Socialism only exists in a capitalist society and they take the profits and redistribute them. So that's the difference between socialism, Marxism, capitalism, the capitalists take all the profits and there's no central planner. And uh, so that's more like libertarian capitalism. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, Lots of choices. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and Having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know.
But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything then go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely gonna use him for now. Not on. that you need it. You're you're young and healthy, James. I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hims.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Question of the day. Any recommendations of websites or books? I think they were saying this in the context of uh, finding a new business idea, but I will recommend. So, so yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, I released a podcast with a friend of mine, Sam Parr, P-A-R-R. He runs a newsletter called The Hustle. The Hustle has a high-end product. I think it's like a hundred or two hundred a year uh, called Trends. Trends.co. That's a great resource to find business ideas. So that's one website I recommend. I'll also recommend. Today on my podcast, so today is, as we're recording this, it's a Friday. I just started a new sub-series on my podcast called Side Hustle Fridays. And uh, the, I'm gonna, each Friday, I'm gonna analyze, not a side hustle, because I don't like the word side hustle anymore, but I'm gonna analyze a business idea that could start off as a side hustle, but you could scale ultimately into a multi-million dollar business. So today, in today's one released today, uh, I cover from beginning to end how to do an online newsletter, best practices, how to start it, 
how to make it profitable, how to scale it into a multi-million dollar business. I'm extremely transparent on my own revenues and earnings. Uh, I encourage people to listen to it because I think, not selfishly, but I think it's a great start if you're, it's an, it's an insanely profitable industry. You might as well look into it and everybody can write a newsletter about something. Like you and I were talking about parenting and mm -hmm. we were thinking of doing more podcasts about parenting advice. Yeah. And the third most popular free newsletter, and I, by the way, I talk about how to be profitable with a free newsletter on this podcast today, but the third most uh, popular free newsletter on Substack is all about parenting. Mm. So people want to know, like people are stuck with their kids mm. at home during this lockdown. Sure. There are so many issues and with it's parenting. Needed right now. I mean, think about these, you know, teenagers that are going out and doing what they're doing, some of them, you know? I mean, like what? It's lack of parenting. What are the teenagers doing? Well, the ones that are out there, you know, destroying property and... You mean in the protests? Not protests, in the riots. Well, we'll get back to parenting in a second, because there was another question. What's the, like, how come, some guy was saying, my kid is calling um, these protesters uh, the, the, my kid, someone will ask specifically, this is a parenting question. My kid said specifically, uh, or, sorry, somebody asked at, at my phone number, they text me 203-590-8607. Someone asked, my kid keeps referring to the rioters as peaceful protesters. How do I correct him? Right. Well, I mean, it's obvious peaceful protesting is when you're marching and you're doing things peacefully. When you're, you know, hurting people and killing people and, um, you know, that's not peaceful and destroying property. Um, I, I don't think that's the same as protesting. Okay, I'll play the devil's advocate. Well, what if I want real reforms in society and no one's listening to the protests and so I need to take action that people will respond to? Well, you continue to, to do the right thing and I don't think you can't... You need to destroy other people's property. You don't need to destroy the state's property. I think. But then no can, one's going to listen. I think so. I mean, you can continue to, to march and you get people together. I mean, blocking traffic, doing. I mean, that's not good either, but at least you're not uh, destroying and hurting people. But you, didn't, you just, you, didn't Martin Luther King say rioting is the voice of the unheard? What if the pro peaceful protesters are not being heard? Well, I think that it should just be a continuous thing and allowing people to, to, to speak and to, you know, march and to show, you know, their, their beliefs and what they want has changed. To continue to do that, I mean, usually it starts and then it stops and then no one does anything. But if you continue to do it, of course it's going to make a difference. And I just don't think you have to use, kill people or, or, or damage other people's property. Right, so Martin Luther King succeeded and he was protesting on an ongoing basis for at least 10 years before civil rights reforms were passed. And he would use boycotts, like boycott an industry. Mm -hmm. He would strike, so employees like, like bus drivers would strike. Right. He would do sit-in, so you sit, you sit and not move. And sometimes the police would tear gas or whatever, but they would just sit as much as they could. They took risks. Yeah. And you know, there was one time President Kennedy had to make sure Martin Luther King got out of jail, but it was over 10 years. Gandhi was protesting over 10 years before India was freed from um, British rule. So you're right, patience is important. And you know, I think that quote about rioting is, is misquoted, but you, you look to what he did. He, he never once raised his fist or told anyone to raise his fist to anybody, even Malcolm X. Everyone says Malcolm X was the violent one. No sorry, Malcolm X converted from black Islam to Islam after he visited Mecca and he became peaceful and would not riot. He would say the only time you use violence, he was a little different than Martin Luther King. He said, the only time you do use violence if someone uses violence against you, but that's it. So that's how I would answer that person is that, and by the way, I asked Eric Adams this, why are we still protesting? There were protests in the 60s, in the 90s, there was Occupy Wall Street, now there's this. Why is this still happening? And Eric Adams, who was in the police for 22 years, he's the Brooklyn Borough President, he's African American, he said there has been improvement. There's been less instances of police brutality. The black unemployment rate was at an all-time low in February. There has been improvements. 
not as much as there could be. So all in favor of current protests, just you can't, the it, violence will definitely 100% backfire and the people that get hurt the most are African-American teenagers, we've seen it. African-American teenagers are the ones getting killed by other protesters or rioters or whatever you wanna call it. So that's the answer to that question. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, Plus there's other motivations behind it too right now because it is an election year. I think that that was used. Yeah, so again, three-dimensional thinking, when there's an election year, it changes the flavor of rioting uh, or of protesting. So you always have to say, what other groups, why was a 250,000 a year salary lawyer in a protest throwing Molotov cocktails at police cars? You always have to ask the questions. And I feel like, again, we've gone through this a million times, the media is not asking these questions, but you owe it to yourself to ask these questions. So for instance, let's say someone says XYZ, XYZ medicine doesn't work or XYZ medicine works. And you ask yourself, well, why does everybody who's a Democrat say a medicine works and everybody who's a Republican says, no, 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 that medicine doesn't work. Is it just a coincidence that everybody has a certain political belief, is knowledgeable enough about medicine that they say one thing works and everybody who believes something else politically says another medicine works? No, that's political. Three-dimensional thinking, it's obvious that's political. So what do you do then if you get sick we're all, we all have potential to get sick. Who do we listen to? You don't, once you get sick, it's not political anymore. It's your life or death, or it's your kid's life or death, or if it's your grandma's life or death, or whatever. And the answer is, there is no answer. Nobody, we, we are four months into a pandemic in the US. The only country that hit it before four months ago or five months ago was China. So you can't, you don't know any research that comes from there. Four months into a pandemic, I hear people say, oh, don't trust that medicine. There's been no double blind controlled study. All right, four months, there's not gonna be, there's no such thing in four months into a pandemic for a double blind controlled study. That means in the middle of a pandemic, if someone comes to you with coronavirus, you'll give them a placebo instead of giving them the real medicine that may or may not work. That, doesn't, that has happened zero times in the middle of a medical crisis. It's not like someone's bleeding in, in their leg and it's infected and you're trying to decide whether to amputate or not. And with one group you amputate and with the other group you don't and you see who lives. Like, no, that doesn't happen in a medical crisis. So what happens, there are, like, I'll use hydroxychloroquine as an example. I'm not recommending it. I have no clue, but I'm just gonna say, there are 65 studies that are listed on a million different academic databases. And so why are there 65 studies? Well, it's because 65 different groups of scientists, of experts, were interested in this. They're not Democrat or Republican. And they're not double-blind controlled studies. They're what are called observational studies. Observational studies means, I'll give you an example. You look at everybody with rheumatoid arthritis, and do they get coronavirus more than everybody who doesn't have rheumatoid arthritis? Why is that interesting? Because people who have rheumatoid arthritis have been taking hydroxychloroquine for decades. And so you look at, you observe, well, we didn't do a study, we didn't plan, we didn't plan this, but we'll look at this group. Oh, rheumatoid arthritis people have, they get it less or more or whatever than people who don't have rheumatoid arthritis and Blah, blah, blah. That's an, ob you observe, that's an observational study. Are there holes in that study? Yes, because you cannot control for all the variables. Oh, if you control for all the variables, it's impossible. Here's all the people with rheumatoid arthritis who also take vitamin C. Here's all the people with rheumatoid arthritis who live in Florida as opposed to live in New York. You can't control for everything. And so it gets complicated statistically why that doesn't work, but observational studies are not as good there's always gonna be scientific flaws in observational stu studies. It's a different type of way of doing science. Controlled studies are the best way, but you can't always do it. We know that we think 
the Big Bang started the universe, but we don't have a scientific experiment to prove it. We just observe things that suggest that it was a Big Bang. So some parts of science are, are laws from controlled studies. Other parts of science are observations. Every observational study in the world, somebody will say there are too many flaws to believe this. And that's what's happening in the media. Here's what I've seen. I don't think hydroxychloroquine works if you are a late stage serious Correct. patient. If you need to be on a ventilator or you're late stage or you have a lot of underlying conditions, hydroxychloroquine might do more harm than good. It does seem that if you have mild symptoms, the rheumatoid arthritis one was interesting. The people with rheumatoid arthritis who took hydroxychloroquine versus an observed group of people who didn't, they had a less rate, of a lower, statistically significant rate lower of contracting coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, in the same, well, that different studies uh, are in milder cases. So again, go to, I think it's c19study.com or .org, uh, or just Google C19 study, like one word, and you'll see summaries of all these studies. So, by the way, if I had a drug, if I had coronavirus this moment, I probably wouldn't take hydroxychloroquine. Here's what I would take, vitamin, I would take an enormous amount every day, like 10,000% of the recommended daily value of vitamin C, vitamin D3, I would, take, I would ask my doctor to do doxycycline. I would ask my, there's, um, there's that one, what's that one medicine um, that's taken for heartburn? Um, uh, dexmethasone, which uh, is good for late stage. I wouldn't take it early stage. And then there's another one, C-O-C-H-L-I-N-E, something like that, which is, uh, I forgot what that's taken for, but for it, there's some studies that show it reduces the cytokine attacks, which attack your immune system. So and that's what I would do. Zinc too, zinc. Oh, and zinc also, yeah, an enormous amount of zinc every day. I think, I think focusing- And soups, like the common cold. I think focusing on just your health and taking these vitamins, you can research that to see what, you know, most doctors recommend. That's the best thing to do it. I, I think that, we're not focused on that really so much. Everyone's just focused on. Oh yeah, everyone's focused you know, on. Well, the, what does Trump? What does Dr. Trump say? Of, you know, we, yeah, it's, you're gonna die from it. But yeah, or what does Dr. Fauci say? Dr. Fauci hasn't treated a patient since like 1970. I don't has, care what I of them but say. I, I want to ask: Has he recommended doing anything? Have they recommended uh, to people to do certain things as a prophylaxis, like for no. vitamins or anything like that? I don't think so. Really? I mean, doctors in general don't um, recommend vitamins. I seems find. like a lot of doctors are doing that now. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, look, our pharmacist here, he said that a lot of patients are coming in with prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine. So who knows? And he says they seem to be helped, but he doesn't know. He hasn't done it. He's doing an observational study with his eyes. Yeah. He doesn't know. I could poke holes in his argument. Well, you're only seeing the people who are good enough to walk in and your I, pharmacy. And I guess the doctors that are that have practices um, that are prescribing, that have patients that have it, they're they're treating a lot of them with it. So I guess that's an observation also, study as well. Also, we've talked to doctors who are treating people with doxycycline, yeah. dexmethasone, um, that other one I just mentioned. So who knows? So another question. When is this social distancing gonna end with COVID-19? Very easy answer. The day after the goddamn election. Do not delay the elections. I guarantee you, no matter who wins, the day after the election, there will be no more news about coronavirus. I guarantee it. Like, and you could argue, some people are arguing now, oh, you know, we need to send, first off, on MSNBC, MSNBC, every single doctor they had on as a guest, said they were gonna send their kids back to school. But I would not argue for that because I have one friend who says that means thousands more kids might die. I don't know, so I don't know. And I don't wanna say something that's gonna make even possibly you imply- make your own choices. Yeah, and, and make the best choices you can. And I know it's hard no matter what. It's hard to, for if you're a working, if you're 21 years old and you're taking care of a kid but you need to get to work and you're afraid to make, you know, rent relief is gonna end, it's a hard choice. And I don't know what to do, but uh, there are always solutions and I hope people could make the best solutions. In general, we do know for a fact, kids do not really, 
get infected with this or die from this. But even if there's a small chance, it's a sad thing if kids die. But we also know there's heart, there's the rise in child abuse is up. That is a fact. Like, yes, Trump said it, but we talked about it in March. That's a fact that child abuse hotlines are through the roof. Um, I want to talk about one business idea. Uh, we all know that there is a mass migration right now between first tier cities and second and third tier cities. So people from New York are moving to Austin, Nashville, Miami. People from LA are moving to Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Austin, I don't know, San, I don't know where the hell people, San Francisco, they're moving to, everybody's moving to Austin for one thing, but also it seems like everybody's moving more south. I don't know why. Maybe some people are moving to Canada. Uh, uh, here's a business idea. This is a, this is a, this is a 30 or $40 billion industry helping people relocate, but it's more complicated than ever. Usually when there's a relocation, it's like, oh, IBM is closing their um, uh, Syracuse office and they're moving it to Cleveland. So now we have to have a higher relocation service to move 5,000 people to Cleveland. Well, that industry is a 30 to $40 billion industry. But now the problem is much more complex because everyone's remote. Nobody's telling you where to move. They don't say, hey, we're all moving the office to Cleveland. They're just saying, hey, we don't need you in the office and don't come into the office anymore. Do whatever you want, move wherever you want. And so I think it is a service to be able to say, hey, I'll help you find places. I'll help you uh, get a car. I'll help you deal with new DMV registration for your license. I'll help you sign up for, you know, get registered with a bank. You know, I'll fill out all the forms for you in each place. I'll help you get a new doctor. I'll help you do this. I'll help you do that. So there's a lot more. I'll help you get a new um, person to help clean your house. I'll make sure there's a yard person for you. There's, uh, we'll hook up the electricity. We'll hook up your television service. I will take care of everything. So I think there's valuable, that's a valuable service that, for instance, I would pay for if I had a lot of money or even mild amount of money, I'm just, I'm trying to move. I might, I'm putting myself in that. I'm trying to remove to a better location than where I am, but I already make a living. I'm not talking about me specifically, but someone, you know, who makes a living and I don't want it to be interrupted. So I need my move to be as seamless as possible. You know it, if you have to move on your own, it's impossible. It's, it's like a full-time job, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you had to move from Kuwait to New York, that was a full-time job. If you had to move to, from Austin to Phoenix, that's a full-time job if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. So, and you know what? Maybe you shouldn't buy a house day one or rent a place day one. You don't know yet. We don't know where the coronavirus is going. We don't know what's happening with your job. So there are companies like landing.com, which is sort of like Airbnb, but you can rent for month by month. So there's companies like that popping up. There's concierge doctors that you could sign up for temporarily. So I would just need help as a remote worker who doesn't who wants to move seamlessly. I would need help figuring everything out. Like, oh yeah, get me landing.com. Get me like a car rental until I figure out if I want to buy a car here or not. Get me, um, you know, fill out all the forms at the local bank for me and I'll just go in and sign and now I'm ready to go. Tell me what I need to do with the DMV. Tell me what all the, do I need to quarantine with coronavirus? Like tell me what all the laws are. So some sort of like relocation concierge service. How would you advertise that? Well, I'll tell you. In Facebook, I guarantee you, no matter what first tier city you live in, there's a group, a Facebook group, LAers who, who are thinking of moving, New Yorkers who are thinking of moving, Chicagoers who are thinking of moving. You could start targeting groups of people on social media who are thinking of moving on Reddit in hashtag Miami, um, the subreddit Miami, advertise, oh, you're thinking of moving to Miami? Contact our relocation concierge service for this, this, this service. In fact, I'll, I listed some of the services you could, you could offer. Um, 
bank account opening, doctor registration, address registration, like, you know, for post office and all that, tax registration and all the laws for taxes, educational support, like how do I get my kids in school now in this new location, what's the laws and so on. And then uh, you just take care of everything for that person. How much could you make? I don't know. Like, let's say I'm hooking you up with a new dentist. Maybe the dentist gives me a little bit of money. Or maybe you pay me a one-time fee of $5,000, but I also get little fees from the bank, from the dentist, from uh, the lawyer, from the DMV, whatever, or from landing.com, whatever. So uh, consider this as a business idea. Again, side hustles are kind of bullshit. Like, you don't want to walk dogs for $8 an hour. But this is a real business where if you have like five clients a month, you can be making $25,000 a month. And that's with only just five clients, two clients, $10,000. And there are, I can tell you, in just one Facebook group, New Yorkers who are considering moving, that, that group has like 15,000 members now. So there are plenty of potential clients out there. There's probably gonna be five, six million potential clients within the next few months for you. So it's a, if you're, whether you're 18 years old or 60 years old, you could start in this business and make a significant amount of money. And then let's say, what do you get too many clients to handle? Well, now you hire employees and now you build up a real business and a real business could what? It could get acquired by a bigger job relocation business. No one has ever thought of this industry before. There's always been relocation services for industry, but no one's ever done relocation services for the gig industry or relocation services for the remote industry. So that's the, the million dollar, not the $10 million idea, but at least the million dollar idea of the day. Um, any, yeah. other, any other questions over there? Uh, someone's saying a lot of people are dying in South America. Thank you for throwing out that fact. <laughs> a lot of people are dying in South America. You know what? A lot of people are dying everywhere right now. And you know, South America, it's a shame because the country, so many countries there are corrupt. That's why we're in Key Biscayne, Florida. 60% of Key Biscayne is Spanish because everybody's escaping South America. So I, I can't think of one country in South America that I could say, okay, this country is 100% pure and not corrupt. And by the way, the US is corrupt too, but South America, more corrupt. Russia, more corrupt. China, more corrupt. Europe, I don't know. Sweden, less corrupt than the US, I think. The, the, the CEO, or the, the, sorry, the, the president or the prime minister of Sweden, his or her son is not on the board of some company in the Ukraine. Right. Just like, just like the, and I'm not saying even Biden, Trump's son too, what, what's he up to? Is, is he in politics or is he in the company? I don't know. Uh, oh, somebody asked, so every day on Twitter, I post a math problem in the morning and someone asked, do I do, I do more problem, I always like to exercise the brain. Do I do more problems per day than just that one problem? And the answer is yes, I do lots of problems, problem solving every morning to exercise the brain. Sometimes it's just chess stuff, sometimes it's, it's math puzzles or problems. I just ordered a bunch of books of math problems, but it's good to exercise the brain uh, because I don't wanna have early onset dementia, that's all. It's totally selfish, I'm afraid of having Dementia. Although it's probably not that bad. You wouldn't know, really. Would you know you have dementia? I don't know. I don't My know. grandma I had it. Don't I don't think it. she ever realized. I hope we don't get it. I hope we don't get it either. What, here's what happens when you're 50 years old. You do, you do feel like you have dementia coming because no matter what, you start to forget stuff. Like I forget more and more every year. That's because you have so much going on. You don't think you you don't think your memory has has gotten a little off since you turned fifty? Uh, maybe, maybe a little. I definitely I forget na I forget There's everyone's so name. So much on my mind, I think, is what happens with you. You've got so many things going on at once. I forget everyone's name all the time. I forget faces. I forget to follow up with people. I forget uh, to do things. I forget. Oh, have I seen this TV show before? I'm not sure. And then only by second season, I realized, oh yeah, I've watched the entire series before, twice. So I forget everything. So anyway, we're gonna do these 
Instagram Lives, Q&As every Tuesday and Friday. That's the schedule. We don't need every day anymore. In March, I felt like we needed every day because there was new data every single day. What's happening with all the, um, with all the data? So, uh, you know, is this good? Is this bad? Is, is, how long is this virus gonna last? Um, how long uh, is the economy gonna be bad? So I'll still answer, we'll still answer all of those questions and more, and we'll still have the $10 million idea of the week, and we'll still do 30-day book challenges, and I'll answer all the questions. If you text me at 203-590-8607, you can ask us any question you want, or give feedback, or suggest topics I should talk about. Uh, but uh, we're gonna do the, these Instagram Lives every Tuesday and Friday at 2 p.m., and then always I will repurpose it and put it onto the podcast as well. But I'm so grateful for everybody who attends these and asks questions and gives feedback and we keep track of all the, we, believe me, she stays up all night reading the comments because Jay's doing the video, he sends the video to us and he, she checks all the questions so we know what topics maybe to address the next time. But every Tuesday and Friday, and I'm so glad people are here. Thank you so much. And see you on, wait, is this Friday or Tuesday? It's Friday. Let's see, I have, I have early stage dementia. See you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Really appreciate it. Addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.